is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit sovereigninsurance.ca to learn more. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to The Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. On The Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality even faster. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community and subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes for the chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible and your reviews will help us get there. I'm your host, Gomal Minhas, founder of CoreSpace, your one-stop shop for all things work, wellness, and impact. Visit kaur.space to find out more. I'm also the producer of Dream Girl, the documentary film showcasing the lives of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs that we premiered at the Obama White House. I'm so happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we are speaking to Miriam Lazarte, who is the CEO of LATAM Startups. Miriam is the founder of LATAM Startups, a Toronto-based accelerator that brings startups from Latin America to Canada and scales them globally. A serial entrepreneur since childhood in Colombia, Lazarte is passionate about building stronger economic ties between Canada and Latin America, an often overlooked market of 800 million consumers. In addition to LATAM Startups, Miriam Lazarte is also a member of the Program Advisory Committee for Business Administration, Entrepreneurship, and Small Business at Seneca College, working closely with both Canadian and Latin American angels in pursuit of cross-border investment opportunities. Welcome to the show, Miriam. Thank you so much for inviting me. I feel like we're going to have a really wonderful conversation about the role of international markets in Canadian business. And But before we dive into that, I always love to know the story behind what makes our guests who they are. So can you tell us a little bit about what got you into this line of work? Uh, well, it was different factors, actually. Uh, I used to work in a Canadian technology company uh, back in 2010. 
and uh, that was in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, actually. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I used to do business development for them. Uh, part of that was uh, more like a related with control administrator. And um, in between trips, I was able actually to connect with some um, technology entrepreneurs in Latin America. And it seems uh, to me that they needed a lot of help in order to go to global markets. And uh, we noticed several things. And I said we, because at the time, I started to uh, put together a consulting company. And, uh, and the co-founders, we were all thinking that uh, probably, uh, you know, they, they needed some help into uh, come to Canada or come to North America under um, better uh, understanding what was the ecosystem. At that time, we didn't know much how to do that part. So we were more focusing in to help Canadian companies in to go to Latin America. But uh, turns out that, you know, LATAM Startup, which is uh, at the time was a project under the consulting company, become stronger and stronger and stronger. So it, it was more uh, the demand from uh, Latin American startups to actually come here to North America than Canadian startups actually going to Latin America. Uh, so that helped us to un understand better, you know, the, the scope of uh, our business. And then um, at the time, we decided uh, we will continue working Latin startups um, until, you know, we create some programs. And that happened in 2017. And when we create the first program for uh, Latin American startups that were looking forward to enter to the North American market. So it took us really uh, from uh, when we created the consulting company in 2014 up to 2016 when we uh, finally uh, created a nonprofit organization called Latin Startups to actually run programs for Latin American companies. So it was like uh, we started in a, in a different way, let's say, trying to help Canadian companies and we finished up helping Latin American companies coming here. It's such important work, and I want to know more about what are some of the impacts you've seen as more uh, Latin American companies have started coming into the Canadian market. What have you noticed with your clients? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's totally a change of life. It's not just a change of uh, their own business. Uh, they, they change the perspective of everything when they come here to Canada. Uh, so first of all, 92% of um, startups coming into a program uh, change their business model. Um, so that's a huge impact for what they are doing right now in their own countries. Uh, we figured out that, you know, um, they, they actually didn't have, um, and most of them, I, I will say, don't have a business model that works globally. So when they come to Canada, they realize that they actually can change a few things in their um, company in order to um, reach out global markets. Now, to change those few things, they have to pass through different steps and challenges to, to actually get there and to change it and to uh, make a meaningful company for, uh, you know, to, to grow in, in different markets. That also changed uh, not just the business, but also the person. Uh, they become like a, a more like um, a more 
I don't know how to say at this point, is a, a proactive person and to find ways in how to, uh, you know, deal with challenges in a specific because they are dealing with opening new business here in Canada while they are running their own, uh, their own businesses in Latin America. Uh, it's a real challenge for them also, you know, try to see how they manage the family situation, you know, while they are doing all this. Uh, so it's really, um, I'm very proud of all startups that have passed through the program because they are really uh, people that are brave and, and um, yeah, brave enough to go to other markets and do all these changes in order to grow their companies. Can you share with us a case study or a success story that you're very proud of? Some an example of why you do what you do with with Latam. Yeah, yeah, I, I can share a few uh, a few case studies, but there there is one in particular that it has been a successful story for us. Um, like for for us, most of them are successful stories. They they do amazing job. But that's excellent. Uh, there was yeah. <laughs> they they all they, uh, I, I'm feeling bad that not sharing the others, but I would like to share this one because uh, to me has the one it was one of the startups that has actually an impact in not just uh, their business but also in personal level, you know, and changes also a uh, lot of lot of other um, co-founders that came into uh, the. Um, uh, the program that he was at that time. So this is a co-founder that he is from Mexico and he has, uh, he never went to university. He had, he was a homeless person before he started, um, you know, he started a foundation or basically a non-profit in Mexico that helps homeless people to become entrepreneurs. Now, while he was doing all that job, uh, he figured out that, uh, you know, he needed to help more people. Uh, he saw some of the, um, let's say, um, poor towns uh, in certain areas in Mexico uh, struggling with uh, getting water for, uh, you know, for the whole town. Um, so in his own capacity, he built um, a robot basically is is a is a water lotus water is what he call it is um is a flower a mechanical flower that collects water from the uh, from the rain and actually uh, you know filter the water and, and make it uh, drinkable for for people. Um, so when he came to us, he said, "Well, I'm working with an university in Mexico." To improve the prototype, to actually make make sure this is uh, this is something that is uh, going to work, you know, and how we can make it useful for those communities. And um, the thing is that for us, as he presented it, it wasn't that scalable, you know. So we're trying to see how we can help him in order to shape the business plan and also to improve the prototype. And we don't have a lab to improve the proto prototype, but he was struggling with different things. The prototype was not 100% working. Uh, he didn't have a good level of English at that time. So he brought a co-founder that could speak English. And um, he was trying to see how to make money of this at the same time helping this community. Well, finish up that, uh, you know, he passed for the first program, which is, uh, which is the validation program. He saw that it was an opportunity to actually improve his prototype here. Then he continued as a funding program for three months with us. 
And during the soft landing program, he was able to be uh, accepted by Helix at Seneca College, and they helped him to improve the prototype. Uh, at the end of the program, he finished up doing the best pitch better than the others in English because he never thought he would do it, you know, uh, and he did it. And then he entered to Helix. He improved the prototype to the point that he can drop just, you know, he can, he can actually put a drop of water there and the flower will open uh, immediately and doesn't need batteries or uh, solar wow. panels or anything like that. <laughs> and it's, it's totally robotic, uh, you know. But then we figured out that the business model was more like uh, do uh, the flowers for smart cities that can actually um, – buy a license uh, to get that, you know, just to be part of a smart cities. And with that license, with whatever they pay, they can actually build a solution, a water solution for a sister city in other countries that have struggled with, with water. And the first customer was actually Seneca College. So they actually bought the first flower and they are putting it in, in a special place where First Nations, uh, you know, have, have a place in Seneca College for uh, this type of projects. Um, he went to Seneca to actually win another competition to go to Portugal. Wow. Uh, he, he got the first place. And in Portugal, he was uh, competing with people from Berkeley and from all over the oh world. And he got first place there in Portugal. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's really like a, an inspirational story for us. Uh, he's a great person. He's a person that he didn't pass through an university, but he was able to do so much um, and impact so many lives with what he's doing. So really um, an amazing person <laughs> an entrepreneur that's an incredibly inspiring story mm -hmm. so you mentioned that there this isn't a unique story it's a standout in your mind but majority of the people who come through your program are have their own success stories in their own ways so what are some themes that you see in terms of the impact that's made even on the Canadian side, alongside on the lives of these individuals who are coming through your program? Well, the impact has been huge uh, in between the community. Um, uh, I have to say that I, in our communities in Latin America, we tend to not be as collaborative as in Canada. So Canada has helped us to actually uh, help to understand uh, international entrepreneurs that collaboration is important. And when they, they come here, they pass through a program and they actually become part of the community, at least here in Toronto uh, at the beginning, because we have some other startups that they are right now in Vancouver, for example, they are in other cities. Uh, but for those that started in Toronto, they are like, um, you know, they understood that the collaboration was key for them to grow. And what we are seeing right now is that those startups that pass through the program are supporting the new generations of startups coming up here. It doesn't matter where they come from or what type of business they have, they always want to help. And one of the external impact that we have seen is that some of them actually don't have a business that fit in this market. And they have realized that uh, during the program, you know, probably, 40% of them or 30, yeah, 35 to 40% of them realize this is not the place or they are not in the right 
moment to come here and expand their business. So they have to return to their, their countries. And what a beautiful thing that we have seen is that they, um, uh, they actually have replicated this feeling of collaboration in their own countries and they want to help the ecosystem. Uh, which we didn't we didn't see before, you know. So they, yeah, for for us, it's, it's such a great thing. Uh, we have a lot of ambassadors right now in different countries in Latin America that are, are replicating this collaboration model that they learn here in Canada, and they they feel like that this is something necessary in Latin America. Now, oh, for for the Canadian community, in, in, especially in Toronto, they have embraced us. Um, we have a feel uh, a lot of support, especially from the city of Toronto, uh, from all other accelerators and incubators that have helped us, you know, uh, with with different things, uh, either uh, by providing, you know, uh, free events or very low cost events for our startups, um, mentors in the city. And many people are now, uh, we feel like they are now understanding that uh, there is a talent in Latin America that can bring, uh, you know, co- companies here to Canada that can actually build jobs and pay taxes and contribute to the community as much as the Canadians as well. Uh, they feel as, as proud as any other Canadian to be in this, this part of the community. So um, Canadians in, in the community, and especially in Toronto, has helped us to integrate faster our Latin American entrepreneurs. So that's one of the most beautiful things that we have seen in in between these two, three years that that we have been running the program. So inspirational. Um, I would love to know a little bit about the impact on female entrepreneurs um, through the LATAM program. Mm -hmm. Well, female entrepreneurs have been something difficult to deal with. (laughs) In specific, because, you know, still the the ecosystem in Latin America is dominated by male. And that there are not that many female entrepreneurs actually enter into the program. But we have uh, had a few cases when we have female entrepreneurs join the program. And they have been uh, amazing into... Uh, actually put together companies that, um, you know, do really well because of the uh, of the forts and encouragement they have in order to get those companies growth. Um, what we have seen also is that they tend to be uh, a little bit, uh, you know, not totally secure about the skills they have to run a company. And I think that's one of the uh, that's one of the things that we try to work with them to make sure that they 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 see themselves as a CEO. Sometimes they don't see themselves as a the chief in charge. They see themselves as a collaborator. They see themselves as a part of the team, which is great. But sometimes you have to take decisions as a CEO, and we see more like female co-founders hesitating to. Uh, take decisions if they don't have the approval of, of the team. While for male co-founders, it's more it's easier for them to actually take decisions without to have everybody agreeing. They they actually take the role faster. Uh, so for us, it's very important to encourage them to take decisions to uh, go ahead in steps 
and and to fear less in what are the uh, let's say consequences of their decisions you know we all know that uh, you don't take the best decisions always uh, you will fail a few a few times you're not taking a good decision or not and and for female co-founders it seems to me that they take it harder on them when they don't take a good decision. And so they they feel like they are failing really hard more than male co-founders. So what advice do you have um, in that situation when you are working with those female co-founders? How do you help them kind of overcome that barrier? Well, uh, we try to talk a lot with them and I try to encourage them to uh, do the things that they feel they need to do and don't see themselves as a victim. For example, we we tend to put ourselves in the victim position. And this is not about that. Like, this is more, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I I don't see that much in Canadians per se, but in Latin America, we are all about drama (laughs) and soap operas. (laughs) 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 So in that way, it's like, uh, you know, I always talk with them. It's like, there there is no drama behind. You, You have options. You may have not the best options always, but you always have options. Uh, so you have to take those options. And um, I don't think we have that hard in our heads that we are women, so we are less or something like that. It's not that. It's more that uh, put yourself in the CEO position, <laughs> no matter what the gender is, no matter what the background is. If you are the CEO, you are the CEO. So you have to take decisions. So it takes a lot of uh, conversations around and part of that, it helps that I'm a woman entrepreneur that also runs a company, right? Uh, to tell them, hey, I made so many mistakes in my life uh, running companies. I have broke companies in the past. So, you know, you just take it and you, you can you can do something meaningful if you want to. Uh, so and it, it helps also that most of our uh, mentors are also women and we have many volunteers that are women and they all have their own story and uh, we feel like in some ways we can support women CEOs you know that they, when they come with their, their own companies in the way that they understand they they are not in a unique situation that is difficult just for them it's it's just difficult for everyone <laughs> to run a company <laughs> absolutely and i feel like it's it's that practice it's just getting used to seeing yourself in that position when you might not be used to seeing yourself as the CEO. Yeah, that's true. You know, there are, there are places in the world that they don't, they don't see a woman as a CEO. That's, you know, they, they won't see it or they don't, they, they won't respect that fact. And um, you cannot be uh, dependable of what other people think about uh, if you're a CEO or not, you know, do you have people that want to to work with you or not? And you are not going to convince them otherwise. If they don't want to work with you, they you are not they they are not going to change their mind in the short term. Uh, so you just have to continue working with those that uh, want to continue working with you and that will recognize that you're a CEO of a company. And that's that's the way that we take it for those that have those fears. Mm -hmm. It's really just like perseverance, building that resilience, and also having examples like you when they come into the program to see that, hey, this person looks like me. They are also a woman. I can do this. I do just need to like check all of these feelings at the door or like work through whatever it is with with the support of you and mentors. And um, uh, thank you for sharing that. 
<laughs> no, thank you. Yesterday, actually, I had the opportunity to talk with a woman that she she didn't she didn't have a business idea just yet, but she said that she didn't know what to do because she didn't have a business idea. And um, I, I asked her, you know, do you have ever have a business idea? And she said, yeah, a couple of times. Do you trust your business idea? And she said, no. Do you trust yourself? She said, no. Mm. So, you know, part of that depends also of how, how you perceive yourself in doing something. And I think that's, that's something that many entrepreneurs will struggle with confidence and and with our skills to actually make something, uh, you know, meaningful for, for the society or for whatever we, we are doing, you know, in order to grow our business. And just understanding, like you said earlier, that like failure is part and parcel of the experience and that for us to advance the confidence, we need to keep that high while also knowing that we can be confident through failure because we know it's part of the equation. It's part of that, and it's very hard. <laughs> it's a very hard part. Um, I, I understand, you know, the fear. I, I passed through so many failures, uh, you know, during uh, my life. It's not just with the consulting company or with LATAM. Uh, it has been in the past also when I was an entrepreneur in Colombia, uh, when we had to face, you know, different difficult situations, and uh, you make uh, you you can do you can actually um, have the right decisions in the wrong time. You know it mm. it may happen so many. There are so many facts around a failure when that happens. You know that you really have to analyze and see what you can learn about that, and don't put the blame, let's say, in another person. Uh, part of the failure or all the failure probably is your fault. Uh, but you have to take it in, in, in a way that this is experience, this is something that I can learn on, and then I can build something better, you know, and not make the same mistake next time. Absolutely. And what would you say have been big factors in you building up your own confidence? Well, basically, I think it has been to pass through those failures and realize the world didn't end <laughs> after that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because sometimes you can take it really hard on yourself. Uh, so to me, uh, you know, the first years when I was failing and all that, I, I realized that, hmm, uh, I, I still have the courage or the stomach to continue doing this or uh, you know, I can change it. I can do something different. And um, that's, that's an important thing to do. There is also a very important fact is that uh, you should have the support of your family or, you know, friends around you. Because uh, there, are, there are always difficult times in the life of an entrepreneur. And um, it's when you have those weak times, when you don't know what to do, you always need a friendly face saying, hey, you can do it. So I think for, for myself, for what it has been my experience, my confidence came from uh, deal better with failure and deal with, uh, you know, having great family and friends around me that helped me to go through all that. When it comes to um, the, the future that you want for um, LATAM startups, What's the role that diversifying the Canadian market has for you? What's the impact of bringing such diverse voices to the Canadian market? 
Well, we have seen it. Uh, you know, the impact has has been in, in to understand better other cultures and to not fear the other person because we don't understand where they come from. And sometimes, uh, you know, when uh, we've seen our communities being integrated into the Toronto community, which is a very diverse community, we have the most diverse city in the world. Um, so we'll see that, you know, there are some uh, there are some lessons learned into how to deal with a, with a person with a different culture, a, bunk, a background, and all that. And for the Canadians that are part uh, of that culture, it's for them to um, realize there are some stereotypes about you know different countries, not just those in Latin America, but in general, you know, in the world. Uh, when you have some uh, predeterminated image of who that person could be until you talk with them and you realize, hey, this person may be uh, closer to me than I thought or maybe having the same experiences that I have, even though that they didn't live in the same country or under the same culture. They struggle sometimes with the same challenges. And on jumping off that note, what, what do you hope for the future of LATAM startups? What's your dream for it? Yeah, Latam Startups is now becoming more like a global hub. Uh, this is something that uh, is kind of a dream uh, that we had at the beginning, that we have more communities, more more people actually join the community that, that is not just Latin America. And we wanted to have that because uh, the, first, the first cohort that we have, actually, uh, we got a lot of volunteers from all over the world. And they were from Japan, China, um, India. They were from all places helping these uh, entrepreneurs from Latin America to shape their business here. So we understood that, you know, what we were doing were, had, had like a um, bigger scope of uh, what is to do just, uh, you know, supporting a community of Latin Americans. It could be support for any other emerging markets that um, entrepreneurs from emerging markets that are coming here to Canada. So uh, we launched the idea this this year to actually become global hub. And that is happening at this point. We are, uh, LATAM startups will be integrated into what is global hub and we will have communities, not just from Latin America, but from other countries in the next cohorts. And we'll be slowly, slowly integrating more and more uh, entrepreneurs from emerging markets. For what is my personal perspective uh, of LATAM startups, because that, that is more the business perspective. But for my personal perspective, I already done for LATAM startups what I wanted to do with them. And, and even more, because <laughs> this year we got the startup visa program, uh, designated company from the uh, federal government. And this is something that I didn't expect it to happen that fast and um, I kind of feel like I can quit now <laughs> <laughs> and do something else no that's but, the uh, dream <laughs> yeah. yeah no the of course I want like um continue working with Latin startups until I found uh, I find a person uh that can grow bigger Latin startups that that was my my dream my personal dream my personal dream was to fulfill last December <laughs> yeah. 
what a huge accomplishment and what a huge uh, inspiration that is. Thank you for sharing that and also for building it. No, thank you so much for for letting me share the story. <laughs> so my final question for you is when I ask all of our guests, and that is, what advice do you have for our listeners for them to thrive in their business and their lives? Um, I think you probably will hear this from many other people. Or you already hear it. But just do what you like. Do what you like. Uh, I hear many people one day say, hey, but what is my dream is not really profitable. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know how to get money. Uh, what what is my dream? I will say just work it out and the money will come after. Um, but if you do something that you really like, uh, you know, you, you get to succeed in the market because you will work 100 to 200% more than any other person to make it happen. So just work what, whatever you like to work. But no, don't force yourself to do something that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your insights, for sharing everything you have with us today. I so appreciated having you on the show today. Thank you so much for the invitation. And yeah, uh, it has been a great experience here sharing all this story. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. Okay, bye now. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us elevate women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett. Make sure to visit CoreSpace, K-A-U-R dot space, to learn to better integrate work, wellness, and impact into your everyday life. Until next time, I'm Gomal Minhas. It's time to thrive.